Hey everybody, John Finn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. Hey, you know, sometimes I get people email me and they say, straighten out Monet's Water Lilies or William Shakespeare's 116th Sonnet that I have framed over here. And I can tell you that when I'm here right now in real life, they are level. The chair is level. I don't know what happens with the visual effects on YouTube and elsewhere, but it sometimes seems that they get crooked on there. <laughs> All right. This is John Finn, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. And our EU website is CWOWI.eu. We are a house church network. We celebrate the gathering of saints by meeting in homes. And where possible, we rotate homes every meeting and we rotate who leads every meeting. We really follow the simple guidelines of Acts 2.42, where they were steadfastly, that means they were purposely focusing on who they had in common. They left their differences at the door. Nobody cares and nobody wants to hear people's pet doctrines about the shape of the earth or the conspiracies or, or you know, the latest things. Our, our job as the ecclesia, as the church, is to gather to do the business of the kingdom. And the business of the kingdom is furthering the discipleship process. So check it out, cwowi.org. Today, talking about the most important parable Jesus stated it's the most important parable. It outlines keys to every other parable that Jesus spoke. And if you understand what each each thing stands for, then suddenly it'll all just make sense uh, on Jesus' parables. <clears throat> Not only that, it outlines the five things that Satan can do to you and the conditions of the human heart. So what is this key to everything? It's Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. In Mark 4.13, Jesus said, do you not understand this parable? How then can you understand anything? So Jesus right there in Mark 4.13 says that this is the most important parable. Now, we go on and, and let me just paraphrase it for you. What happens is the sower sows the word of God into the ground and the parable contains the different types of soil, rocky soil, uh, good soil, but it has thorns growing up around it, different things of that nature. And so we learn in this parable that the seed is the word of God. Jesus actually states the seed is the word of God. And the earth is the human heart. And this is very important. I'll share a couple uh, things later in the chapter that Jesus talked about. And then uh, elsewhere in Matthew, one of the gospels or one of the parables mentioned in the gospel of Matthew. And, and suddenly it'll all like make sense. So understand this key that the sower sows the word of God. Now, when he's talking about the Word of God, remember when Jesus is talking about this, there is no New Testament. So it's not talking like we come along 20 centuries later and say, oh, this is the chapter and verse. You know, it's the Word that goes into my heart and Satan tries to steal it out. You know, that'll preach, you know, I, that's applicable, but that's a secondary meaning. What he's really talking about is himself. He is the Word of God. And and the Word of God, the life of God, the eternal life is planted by Jesus into our heart. You know, we are born again. That is the, the word in our, in our life. And, and what he outlines is that Satan tries to steal the work of God in our lives. And he talks about the stony ground first. And he says, because of affliction or persecution, they stumble. And he says, because they have no root in themselves. So that's the first group of people here in Mark chapter 4. After verse 13, we're looking at verses 14, 15, 16, and 17 primarily. And he talks about how these people, the first group of people on stony ground, that is their heart has rocks in it. The heart has some issues in it. And it says they become a, because of affliction. And affliction is the pressure of circumstances and persecution. Persecution is the, the pressure of someone's opinions against you. 
For instance, maybe you know, you may listen to me and you say, you know, that's me. I, persecution is, is yes, you, persecution could be mean that you, they can arrest you, they could kill you, whatever. But at its core, persecution means someone's opinion against you. And so you can be sitting there saying, yes, that's me. That's, you know, I know what to do, but somebody will have an opinion. Somebody will say I should do this or I should do that. And even though I know it's right, you know, I end up doing the wrong thing. And, and it's exactly what Jesus said, because of affliction and persecution, they stumble because they have no root in themselves. Well, the root in themselves that Jesus talks about can be found in Ephesians chapter three and from verses 15 through 20. It says this, that Paul is praying for them, and he says that they would be rooted and grounded in love so that they would be able to comprehend the incomprehensible love of Christ, the height, depth, length, breadth, width that is beyond human understanding. He said because they have no root in themselves. So we take that back to Mark chapter 4, and we see that a person who folds under the pressure of circumstances, they stumble, they get frustrated with God, they, they get angry with God, they, they go and they sin because there's so many pressures, or they just fold because of fear of man, they, they, you know, somebody else's opinions against them. And he says they have no root in themselves because they are not rooted and grounded in love from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, 15 through 19 rooted and grounded in love. So what I tell people to do is go back and, and focus on the love of the Father. Read the first three chapters of Ephesians. Look at how the Father has already been involved in your life, how he's blessed you with all spiritual blessings, how he seated you with him in the heavenly places, how he used Jesus as an adoption agency to adopt you to himself, how Ephesians 2, 7 says, in the ages to come, he's going to show the riches of his kindness towards us, how good the Father is. When you know you are, if you, when you know your Father and you know how loved you are, then you will suddenly have root in yourself. Then you will not fold to the pressure of circumstances or of people's opinions. So then he moves on. And the and so and so if the the no root in yourself is an internal thing that causes you to stumble in the things of God. That whatever the Lord is doing, Satan tries to take that out. Satan tries to nullify that, to negate that, and he uses your own weakness that you aren't rooted and grounded in love. So get rooted and grounded in love. Focus on the love of the Father, focus on the worship, get to know him. Now, the second group of people Jesus says this, he says, then there's, there's ground there, good ground, but then the weeds come up and it chokes off. He says, because of the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things. So prosperity, cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things that grows up and it chokes off the word. So this isn't, and it becomes unfruitful. This is an external force going on. Yes, it's the lust and yes, it's the care, and yes, it's the deceitfulness that is a person responds to in their heart, but they include so much of these weeds in their life that that it chokes off what God is trying to do in their lives. They surround themselves with prosperity. They surround themselves with deceitfulness of riches. They, can, they, they, they put on themselves the cares of this world, and it chokes off what God's trying to do in their lives. And then there's the good ground and with no weeds, and it brings up 
30, 60, 100 fold. In other words, 100 fold is a completeness. It's not a, it's not, has doesn't have anything to do with money, doesn't have anything to do with giving. He's talking about the work of God in your life that produces 30, 60, 100 fold. It's a growing living thing. And 100 is, is the completion, the same way we say on a scale of one to 10, what do you think about the food at this restaurant? 10 being the maximum. So it's the same thing that Jesus is using 30, 60, 100 fold. The completeness of God's work will be complete in you. All right, all of that's the parable of the sower, but let's get back to the meanings of it where Jesus said, number number one, you've got to understand that because it lays out there about Satan and the only five things he can do with, do against you is all wrapped up in those five things, affliction, persecution, cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, or lusts of other things. Those are the only five things. Every Any attack you get is going to be within those five categories. But beyond that, that the, that the word is a seed in your life and the human heart is the earth. So we go on in Mark 4, uh, 25 and 26, he talks about the word of God being like a man throwing seed into the ground and somehow it grows and the man doesn't know how it grows. Have you ever, you know, when you were a kid, you know, your grandparents hadn't seen you in a while and they come to you and say, my, how you've grown. And you're thinking, I don't know that I've grown, you know, grandma, grandpa, yes, it's been two or three months or two or three weeks since I've seen you or whatever, but, but, but it but you grow and you don't know how you're still growing, you know, as that grandchild. And so that's how the Lord is. You look back a year, you know, in the rearview mirror, you look back at last year and you think, wow, I'm a different person this year. I'm a different person. I really have grown, but you don't notice it at the time. So in Mark 4, uh, you know, 25, 26, he, he talks about this and he says, uh, you know, that the, that the way that the kingdom of heaven grows in the human heart, the seed is sown and then the blade and then the, the stalk and then the ear and then the full corn in the ear and the ripeness and then the harvest comes. So when you look at this parable, Mark chapter 4, you know, 25, 26, I think it's through 30, what you're talking about is the Lord is growing in you. And a lot of times people try to harvest before it's time. And you need to let that fruit of the word growing, whatever is growing in you in the word, let it mature, let it grow, let the Lord bring the harvest. Don't try to force things. Faith is not forcing things and making things happen. Uh, he goes on and, and he, the next ones he's talking in, in 30 through 32, he's talking about how it grows up in the word of God plants in the heart, in the human, in the earth, and it grows up like a, a mustard seed and birds come and lodge in its branches. Well, in that area, mustard plants were, were became trees and birds loved the seeds. And so the, the, the fruit of, of God's word in your heart, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, etc. Other birds, other people, in other words, people come in and they will eat the seed. They will eat the fruit of your life, the love, joy, peace, long suffering, and everything that you have. The, the word of God grows in you. It comes up, birds lodge in it, Jesus said in the parable. They eat the fruit, they eat the seed. And so that is the fruit of the spirit. That's one thing when I teach on the fruit of the spirit, I bring out fruit is the means that a tree reproduces itself. Love, joy, peace, long suffering. When you walk in the fruit of the spirit from Galatians 5.23, people see that and, and it has the, the effect of spreading the kingdom of heaven. You're walking in the fruit and they partake of that fruit to their own lives and you bless them. And, and they are blessed by the lodging, so to speak, in the parable of your branches and everything that God is producing in your life. All right, going on for time's sake. I, I, I want to <clears throat> share with you a principle here. In verse 33, and this is the same today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and always. It says in verse 33, he spoke to them as they were able to receive it. 
Think about that. As they were able to receive it, the Lord is not going to give you that which you cannot bear. If you're not handling money now, he's not going to give you more. If you're not handling your relationships now, he's not going to handle more. You have to do what is right. You, you, you know, walking in love, you walk in the vertical and you walk in the horizontal. You, 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 you can be forgiven vertically, but you make it right horizontally. You apologize. You, you do all you can to walk in love. And, and when you do these things, then the Lord gives you more. In fact, he said that in Mark chapter four, he says to whom he who has been, has been given more will be given. You know, if you walk in that, you respond to that, you do what's right, then he gives you more. But it's interesting in verse, you know, 33 there where he says he spoke to them only as they were able to receive it. So you want to receive more than you respond and do what's right and grow whatever the circumstances are, whatever the situation now, you always do what's right and he will give you more and he will speak to you more. He, he won't load you up with more than what you could handle, whether that's money or revelation about himself. If you're not handling the revelation you have now, then, then he's not going to give you more. He wants you to go back and work on what he's already shown you to do and then, and then grow up in him. Okay. The other thing is, uh, in verse 34, he says, when he, he spoke in parables to people, but when he was alone, he explained everything to the disciples. This is the same today. If you want things explained to you, you have to get alone with the Lord. Okay, stop thumbing through, you know, the book and, and think that, you know, oh my, you know, it's, okay, this verse must be for me. Now get alone with the Lord, start worshiping, get to know him, spend some time with him. He will explain things to you if you will spend some time and get to know him. Lastly, I want to take you to this. I want to show you uh, this parable where I explained that the, the, the earth or the field is, is the human heart and the word uh, in Mark chapter 4, the word is the seed. But we go over to Matthew chapter 13 and 44, 45, and 46, we find two parables uh, that are along the same lines. And so when you're reading in, in Matthew 13, which has the parable of the sower, but Jesus includes this. He says this in, in Matthew 13, 44. He says this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Okay, so we stop right there. The field is the human heart. The treasure is the kingdom of heaven. And he says, and when a man has found it, he hides it, he keeps it there, and for joy goes and sells everything that he has, and he buys that field. Do you understand the parable? The field is a human heart. The kingdom of heaven is found in you, a treasure. You, your life is a treasure. Jesus is the man who goes and sells everything he has and buys the field. Jesus bought your field. He bought your heart because he's found a good treasure in it, because you are worthy of his love just because he created you and he loves you. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his great love. He, he has made us worthy of that and he, because not in ourselves, but because he has the grace towards us. And then the next thing is the great pearl. And a man sells everything he has to get the great pearl. You are the great pearl. It's in your, in your field that he's found the great treasure. Jesus is the man who sells everything he has to buy you. Amazing. Once you understand this parable, it all makes sense. Hope that's a blessing to you. Study it out. It'll be good for you. 